the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Always good to be with you. We take a look at issues of the day from a Christian perspective. And uh, I just unplugged my headset. I think you can still hear me, but I don't hear anything. Hold on a second here. I'm going to have to put myself as we begin into uh, into the prison because I don't... Uh, I don't uh, hear anything. All right, here we go. Here we go. See if you're watching us on kkla.com. All right, I'm back. You can you can see me uh struggle. All right, I'm back. Uh welcome in. Did I give the number out? Where am I? Wilbert, how's it, how's it going here? in the uh, Pastor Scott Show jail for uh, fouling up the opening right there. But uh, good to be back with you uh, <laughs> and hearing myself. Uh, that means I can't, I see, I can't hear you. I could keep doing the show without the headset. But when you call the number 888-528-2557, I would just have to guess at what you're saying. 888-528-2557. All right, we talk about issues of the day. And uh, sometimes the issue of the day is just right there on the news. And uh, the border issue continues to be that. And I want to talk about it from the constitutional perspective, what's happening in Texas. A couple of different things to talk about that. I want to talk about that, and and uh, later we'll talk about the uh, recording that came out from Carrie Lake where she's getting bribed, apparently, uh, to not run for office and uh, the corruption that uh, that would suggest. And there's a lot of funny things that people have to say about all of that, but the big issue, I think, is the border because what's happening is the uh, – in history, and I've talked about this before, that generally speaking, almost all the time, actually, the Supreme Court, when it decides something related to border issues, almost always sides with the federal government and particularly with the executive branch on lots of different issues or or Congress. And the cases have generally held, you know, very, very specifically that the border issues are explicitly to be given to to the federal government and that states aren't allowed to help, that states aren't allowed to really uh, do one thing or the other to try to uh, add to federal law or to, uh, in this case, to build the uh, what's happening is in Texas, the uh, uh, governor has instructed the National Guard to put up a um, uh, it's not barbed wire. What is it? Razor wire is what you call it to keep people out. Now, the interesting thing about Texas is Texas has 28 different actual um, areas where you can legally cross the border, 28 different places. And so there's plenty of opportunity for people to do what they're supposed to do legally, and that is go to the actual port of entry and then make your claim about asylum or whatever reason you're trying to get into the country. That's the legal way to do it. That's how Congress has prescribed it. You can read the laws that exist. It's not ambiguous. This is something that uh, is meant to be done. And the reason that so many people are coming over the border in other places is because there's no barrier in a lot of uh, Texas, or sometimes there's a small river uh, 
Remember the guy who used to dress uh, back after 9-11? Because <laughs> this was always been an issue. He used to dress as Osama bin Laden and keep coming across the border in different places uh, just to prove that uh, how easy it is. And um, so that's what's happening. So what the governor of Texas has been doing, Governor Abbott, has been doing is setting up razor wire uh, in those areas that aren't protected where lots of people are coming over. And the federal Biden administration is suing, saying that you can't do that. And their reasons are it's not safe for Border Patrol and other stuff. And uh, Texas is saying, well, you're not protecting the border. So the Supremes are involved. There's a couple of cases. The one that was put down earlier this week, it doesn't instruct the Texas government to remove the razor wire, but it does give authority to the Border Patrol, which is federal, to remove it if they want to. They have the right to do that. And so the pushback from the governor of Texas is to argue now that the federal government has broken. He put out a letter yesterday, said this, the federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. Now, this gets right into our Constitution. There's something good to learn from all of this. You know, I'm I'm not on the page that this is going to lead to secession or or things. I think people, uh, I think that, you know, that sort of hypes the issue up a little bit. I don't believe that's going to happen. I think that... We have a presidential election where, at the moment, this is probably the number one issue. might not be an issue at all in six months uh, if they make changes. I don't know, but uh, I think it will be. But uh, So I don't want you to get nervous about this. But the argument he's making, I think, is healthy for us to look at because it helps us understand that we're a nation of states, that the United States is different. And I think this is a healthy thing for us to understand because a lot of things that are said that are doom and gloom about the country, we got some serious issues, no doubt about that. But a lot of things that people say Biden might do or Trump might do if they're president, some of those things they can't do. They can't do because they're it's they're not a dictator. It's not possible for them to be a dictator. There are 50 states with 50 governments, 50 governors and 50 uh, legislatures, and the states actually do have a lot of power. And it's not like a lot of countries in the world where if the leader were to say this is what we're going to do, it's going to happen anywhere domestically. Now, there are places where the president has tremendous power. The border is one of those areas. So this is a legitimate issue for national politics, for presidential race, what's happening with the border. It matters. And the battle that is being presented here from the states is, is the argument is this. If the federal government will not enforce the law, the laws that already exist, not the laws that they want to exist or the argument about uh, whatever reforms you want to make, but the laws that already exist, then the states would have a right And so he is arguing that because the executive branch of the United States is not doing their constitutional duty to enforce the laws, that states then have an obligation to enforce the laws on their own. Uh, This is uh, Governor Abbott talking about this. So it was the states that created the United States. And when the states voted to uh, create the United States and have a constitution, Uh, Included in that agreement was the compact that the federal government would take care of the states. And Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution speaks to that and and says that uh, if the federal government does not take care of the states and the states are in danger, we can ask the federal government to live up to its obligation. Then the authors of the Constitution knew there would be times when the federal government would not live up to its duty. And so they empowered states in Article 1, Section 10, the right of self-defense. 
All right, so he's going to give an interpretation that uh, people will probably argue about, and that's fine. Um, but it uh, it matters a lot. A couple of articles, uh, Article 1, Section 10, that he said of the Constitution, Clause 3, it says, No state shall, without the consent of Congress, lay any duty of tonnage, keep troops, ships of war in time of peace, enter into any agreement or compact with another state, meaning country, or with a foreign power, or engage in war, unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not admit of delay. So the argument he's making here is that Texas is actually being invaded, and it's being invaded because the um, federal government's not doing its its job. Something in here I find interesting, too. You know, all these cities are passing all of these uh, – uh, they're passing these resolutions, cities passing resolutions, uh, supporting you know a ceasefire in Gaza or something like that. They don't have any authority to do that whatsoever. Like you can do it, but it means nothing. And even constitutionally, it excuse me, it means nothing. It's probably even unconstitutional based on this exact place. If you're a constitutional legal person, you can you can you know talk to me about that. That would be fine. Um, but you know any agreement or compact with you don't have cities have nothing to do with other countries. Nothing. Um, it's the federal government's job. So he's making the argument that this is a invasion. And uh, he continues here. And what Texas is asserting is our Article 1, Section 10 right of self-defense because the president of the United States is not fulfilling his duty to enforce the laws passed by Congress that deny illegal entry into the United States. So the argument, and he is probably right. You know, I'm going to say that the, the, the laws are pretty clear. You can Google the laws, the immigration laws. They're actually not hard to read. You can read through them. There are steps, all this stuff. And this has been going on a long time. It's just that this is more severe, I think, than, than ever. And we're seeing that with uh, all of our cities. Um, bearing the weight of millions of people coming over. And if you're new to our show, we talk a lot about uh, these these issues, and we want to recognize that there are issues of compassion that we need to have for people who are in poverty and who are suffering in different ways, and a lot of these people have interesting uh, lives, and there are they are breaking the law coming in. Most of them probably know there's a better way to do it. Like I said, there's 28 ways, 28 ports where they can come in in Texas and do it the legal way. It's just they'll probably be sent back because they don't actually have a legal argument. Um, and we need to be, I think, a lot more aggressive in how we are dealing with the poverty that's in our own hemisphere that is really just in our own backyard. I think that as a country, even as Christians in our mission work and things, there is a lot that we could do to help alleviate this whole problem just from a humanitarian standpoint. Do you agree with that? I mean, I think I think the ultimate solution to this is you you make this hemisphere a great place to live wherever you are, uh, the best that you can. And you got to deal with politics, and every country's got its stuff. And but I think that there is there are examples. You know, Costa Rica being a pretty good one of how reforms in the right way can make all of these places much better places to live. The number is 888-528-2557, Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. And uh, we're talking about Governor Abbott's letter to the president where he is asserting that he is taking authority over the border because the federal government is not doing its job. And uh, at least 14 other governors and probably more, last I looked, have come to his support uh, with this. Uh, he continues. So uh, what Texas is doing is just very simple. And, and, and that is because the Biden administration has really, truly abdicated its responsibility to secure the border. 
and enforce the laws. Texas, very simply, is securing the border. And so we put up the razor wire that you were talking about, Bill, and we put up all these barricades that actually have denied illegal entry. Uh, and as you pointed out also in that screen, that there are criminals coming across our border. Texas has a right as a state to stop criminals from coming into our state, to make arrests of those criminals. Uh, and we have National Guard as well as Texas Department of Public Safety officers who are there to make those arrests and to deny illegal entry. And Joe Biden actually does have an option here. Joe Biden's option is to enforce the laws of the United States and stop this illegal entry. And uh, so that's what's happening. So it's a in, it probably you could call it a constitutional crisis because this is something that we haven't really faced. You know, if you take it in the broader scope of a military invasion, let's say a military is invading our country. North Korea is going to invade, you know, uh, Washington state. And uh, let's say the federal government doesn't do anything about it. Uh, Washingtonians would have a right according to the Constitution, to defend themselves. They don't have to wait. They don't have to appeal to the Supreme Court to send in the Marines. They can just do it. Um, of course, they don't have the Marines, right? They have, uh, and it's the federal government who runs the military. So it's a complicated thing. And this was written in a time when, you know, there aren't airplanes. And, you know, invasions are going to be done by ship or by land. Here you have a uh, the a invasion. And the governor points out that, um Madison and Hamilton and the founding fathers indicated that the invasion doesn't have to be military, that it can be of, they said, as a enterprise uh, of a of other people. You know, if if it's cartels, for example, bringing drugs in, which is a huge problem. In fact, uh, most of the fentanyl and other things is coming across the border, southern border. Now, I'm somebody, it's another argument that says we should control both borders because you can just walk right across in several places uh, in the northern border. It's a lot harder to do that in January in North Dakota, but it uh, can be done in the summer months very simply. And you can mosey your way on into Fargo or wherever. And uh, these things are significant when people are coming in with ill intent where people are coming in and they're not saying, I'm going to break the law because it's better for my family. They're saying, I'm going to break the law because I hate America. And, you know, of the millions of people who have come in, some people say that 8 million have come into the country illegally that we know about, that we think we know about, just in three years. Uh, That's almost double the amount that we're, and a lot of people disagree with the numbers, but the official number is about 11 million uh, people here illegally as of uh, 2021. Now we think the number is more like 18 or 19. That's how fast it's it's happening. That is a huge number of people. What percentage of those people uh, might be terrorists? What percentage of those people are coming here with the intent of creating criminal enterprises, criminal gangs, criminal cartels? Well, what, 0.1%? If you want to say that 99.9% of those people are here just for a better life, fine. Uh, that 0.1% is thousands of people. You know, how many people does it take? See, that's that's part of the issue. And Texas and the border states are right on that. And it's affecting uh, people all across the the country. Uh, in Chicago, this is a, a huge deal. This will probably be a huge deal uh, in the election maybe coming up. 
Um, many people who are in the inner cities of Chicago are very upset, particularly uh, black communities who feel like, hey, we're being pushed out here and we don't have the resources. And we've been told for years that there are no resources for our communities and our neighborhoods. And yet all of a sudden there's hundreds of millions of dollars being spent to house people who are coming over the border. There is just a huge amount of outrage in black neighborhoods across Chicago over the migrant crisis and how leaders in this deep blue city and state have spent nearly $800 million to take care of the migrants while ignoring the lack of resources in black communities that has been happening for decades. Are the migrants being getting more than blacks? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why would you keep bringing someone in? You don't have the infrastructure right. and you don't have the finances. They could stop this to, like tonight if they wanted to. He's right. It could be stopped overnight. And that's the point that they're making in Texas. It's interesting because, you know, a lot of the people coming to Chicago, they're not coming from uh, governor, uh, the governor's uh, buses. About 10 percent, according to The New York Times, of those people are coming from uh, the busing from Texas and Florida that we've been hearing about. Uh, most people are coming into the country and going to the big cities that have advertised themselves as sanctuary cities that are places where maybe there's work waiting for them or places where they feel like they can get work. And you're probably either going to get that in farm areas or in cities where people have a lot of work to do. The trouble is, is that many of these cities have humanitarian laws, laws that maybe were with good intent to house people. Massachusetts, for example, has a law that says that uh, everybody should be able to be sheltered. I don't think that's a bad law. It gets freezing cold right in Massachusetts. But what's happening now is if you look at Logan Airport in Boston, it's full of people who are now living in the airport because that's the only place they can house people. And this is just going to continue, and it affects every state, Democrat, Republican, whatever your background. We heard from callers earlier this week about how it's affecting health care, how it's affecting the uh, infrastructure in every state. This is a pretty big deal. And the reason it's a constitutional crisis is because the states are going to have to do something about it if the federal government will not. Um, you know, there are those who are also in government saying it's time for us to start housing people in our own houses. And I think that's an interesting thing to say. Would you be willing to do that? Because people, they're running out of places to put people. In Los Angeles, San Diego, we don't have laws that say you have to give shelter. So you have everybody living on the street. And now you have people who are homeless. You have people who are homeless, uh, veterans, homeless coming from other states to come to California, partly because it's warmer, partly because there's more benefits here in certain cities. And, you know, now we're going to have our own migrants coming in uh, on these buses as well. And it impacts every single community. You have to follow laws. You have to follow the rules. We are a country of laws. The reason that we're struggling here is because we're not following the laws we have. It is fine to change the laws if you don't like them. It is okay to offer new laws and to fight about it in Congress or in the government if there are laws that ought to change. But you have to obey the laws that are in place. And it is an incredible thing. This is uh, Vice President uh, Harris talking about this with Katie Couric. Having said that, 14 House Democrats joined Republicans in denouncing the Biden administration's so-called open door policies, calling open border policies, rather, calling it, quote, a national security and public safety crisis. And as you know, I'm sure you've talked to them, so many big city mayors, Democrats, 
are saying this is an untenable situation in cities across the country. 68% of Americans disapprove of the way the Biden administration has handled the border. So how do you address that? Have you done enough? There's no question. Our immigration system is broken. And what happens is in this interview, number one, I'm surprised that Katie Couric is around. Good for her. I, I didn't know what happened to her after a while. She's still, she's not on the, uh, the evening news, right? Does anybody watch that uh, anymore? Anyway, she's out there. And this was a interesting interview because she also points something else out, which we, and we talked about this earlier in the week, that the Biden administration always says, well, we gave Congress immigration reform and they won't pick it up. We gave it to them on our first uh, day in office, really it was the first month in office. Um, but even Katie Couric points out that uh, the people who were in office at the time were Democrats. And that's when you controlled both houses. And Congress did not take it up. And I will tell you that... See, and I think that's really interesting, right? And they don't pick it up because the, the bill that was put forward, as we talked about, is called the U.S. Citizenship Act. And it just gives citizenship to everybody who's here before January of 2021. And it's basically an amnesty bill. And Democrats and Republicans don't want that in that in that way. There is more that we can do. My friends, this is a reason to pray for your country, to pray for the leaders that we have now. Because the, the legal crisis that's coming... You know, Biden either has to acquiesce and shut down the border and and enforce the laws, or he has to send in military or take over the National Guard in Texas, which is going to look bad and be bad, and that's going to inflame things even further. This is what happens when we don't keep laws. Things fall apart. Things don't operate. This is a place where we have to pray. It's one of the reasons we got to vote. All right, Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Thursday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. We are talking about politics in our country, and we're talking about the, uh, the issue at the border. And the point at the end of the day is that if you're not going to keep the laws that are passed, it will cause breakdown in society. It will cause everything to fall apart. An interesting uh, tape came out of President Biden from 2007 when he was running for office. It was before he was vice president. He was running for office, and he was asked a question about the validity of sanctuary cities. So this was part of the controversy in the 2000s was cities who were, and some cities I think had done this before then, were declaring themselves sanctuary cities and, and essentially inviting people who are here illegally to to come. And obviously, it didn't really mean it because there were no services. And as soon as they show up, nobody signs up to help. But uh, this was an interesting response from uh, then uh, former, I think he was still a former senator. Maybe he was the senator. I don't remember when he quit. Anyway, he's running for president in 2007. This is what Biden said then. Would you allow these cities to ignore the federal law regarding the reporting of illegal immigrants and, in fact, provide sanctuary to these immigrants? The reason the cities ignore the federal law is the fact that there is no funding at the federal level to provide for the kind of enforcement at the federal level you need. Pick up the New York Times today. There's a city not far across the river from my state. 
that imposed the similar sanctions. And what they found out is, as a consequence of that, their city went in the dumps, in, in the dumpster. Stores started closing. Everything started to happen. And they changed the policy. Part of the problem is you have to have a federal government that can enforce laws. This administration has been fundamentally derelict in not funding any of the requirements that are needed to even enforce the existing so, law. Senator Biden, yes or no, would you allow the cities to ignore the federal law? No. Now, that's a very interesting uh, statement from uh, the soon-to-be president, uh, uh, Biden, right there. Because what he said is, this was during the Bush administration, okay, so he's running for president as a Democrat, as a Republican president. And, uh, you know, it is um, an interesting thing that he points out that, number one, you've got to enforce the laws. Or what happens if you don't enforce the laws? Don't you find it interesting that he says if you don't enforce the laws or if you don't pay for the laws that the cities are required to enforce, which was part of his argument, then, you know, if the federal government is going to make your city maintain a law, then they have to fund it is what that argument is. Uh, he says the cities fall apart and the stores will close and the people will leave. Where in our country today is that happening where the stores are closing and the people are leaving? You know what? In sanctuary cities, that's where we're in because it isn't just that issue. It's other issues. We're just not going to follow the law or we're going to make some bad laws. It's called lawlessness in a, in a very serious way. In the Bible, it's just very, very clear. There's a, a certain lawlessness that has to do with what sin is in a spiritual way, but there is also a lawlessness that is an indication of the breakdown of a society and what brings a uh, around ultimately the Antichrist, who is known as the lawless one in the Bible. And it's really the opposite of righteousness, where what you have with lawlessness is the idea that people um, will stop doing good, that they will create laws that aren't there to do good, or they will not pursue people who do bad things anymore, that there would be a change as a as a culture um, ends up going down the road of lawlessness when we ignore the laws that exist. What happens later is is you either write laws that that are bad laws, or you you just simply don't you just ignore the laws because you feel like it. And if you're powerful enough, you can get away with that. Whether that power is political power or maybe it's just financial power, and it is a it is a very bad thing, and we're experiencing that. That is what is behind, ultimately, all the issues that we're dealing with at the border. You could, you could very easily control both borders, north and south. You can do it. You could add more ports of entry. You could have a policy that makes it much easier to come into the country. You could do a whole lot of things if you want a lot of immigration. There's reasons why immigration is good for our country. There are great ways to do that legally, more efficiently. You can do all of that, but you can't do it if you're not going to keep the laws that you already have. And that is true with drug laws, with crime laws, with all of those things. You, the entire culture begins to break down. And what happens is the people who want to be corrupt, the people who have figured out they can get away with certain things, they become more and more powerful. The cartels, uh, whoever people are who are creating political influence in, in uh, sinister ways behind the scenes, um, which happens. And, you know, there's a story about that right now. This is the Pastor Scott Show, by the way, if you want to join the conversation. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Do you know who Carrie Lake is? Carrie Lake is a former news uh, broadcaster in Arizona, and she ran for governor 
2022, and she lost. Um, and uh, But she has been a controversial figure in different ways, Republican who ran for governor, and uh, she lost. She, she filed many lawsuits uh, against the state and even against uh, um, lots of different uh, organizations claiming election fraud and claiming a lot of things. Most of those lawsuits were dismissed, although a couple of them actually went to trial. I think probably, and this gets into the weeds of things, but one of the most important things that maybe came out of some of that was – the idea of the mail-in ballots or the absentee ballots, and are you really checking signatures? How do you know if it's uh, that person? And the law doesn't give any, you know, the reason that she ultimately lost and this got dismissed was because the law doesn't declare what it means to do that in an effective way. It just says you have to do it. But some people suggested that in order to actually have checked all of those signatures from the time of the election to the time that the results were let go, you'd have had to look at uh, multiple signatures per second. It was like you know 16 signatures per second or something like that, which obviously you can't do. It's just that the law doesn't say how long you got to stare at a signature to verify it, right? So it's a, it gets to be a complicated thing with the laws. Um, But anyway, she's a controversial figure for a lot of reasons. She's running for Senate now. And she released a tape earlier this week. Have you heard this tape? And it is a recording that was done in her own house. And this recording is being done um, with a man who was running the Republican Party in Arizona. And in this tape, you actually hear her uh, what most people believe is being bribed. Listen, listen to this. It's a little bit long, but and this is there's a lot of people have different theories about this. It does sound a little bit performative. Now she knows she's recording it, right? So she knows that she's got lines. But and uh, this guy's name is Dewitt. He re, he resigned immediately afterward, and he said I was set up in this and that. But it sure sounds like uh, a bribe is going on here. You be the judge. Listen to this. This is that east. They, there are very powerful people that want to keep you out. I know they do. But they're willing to put their money where their mouth is in a big way. So, this conversation never happened. This is crazy, though. They should want me. I'm a great candidate. People love me. These people are corrupt. Well, maybe you're right. So what do they want? What do they want me to do? You want to stay out for two years. But, let me tell you what I can offer you. The ask I got today from back east was, is this, is this, is this us? Was, is there any companies out there or something that could just put her on the payroll and give her to keep her out? And I said, well, what do you want to do? Whatever we need to do. I'm not willing to accept that. Then I'm going to be the biggest pain in these people's Go back and tell them that. I'm running, and I'm going to be the biggest pain in the and I'm willing to tell them that. And they're going to have to kill me to stop me. Is there a number at which... I can be bought. <laughs> That's what it's about. You can take a pause for a couple of years. No. And then go right back to what you're doing. No. $10 million, $20 million, third, No. 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 A billion? No. This is not about money. This is about our country. I actually wish you'd just give me a counteroffer. That's big. Give me a counter. <laughs> I can't. I can't be bought. So the whole tape is ten minutes long, and the, essentially what you're hearing is he is his name is 
uh, Jeff DeWitt, and he was the chairman of the Arizona Republican Party. He resigned uh, right after this tape came out. And, you know, he's complaining about being set up. This was at her house. She was working for him at the time. And this was 10 months ago. So there's a lot of controversy in the way so much of this has come out. But at the end of the day, he's offering her a lot of money to stay out. The offer is people, powerful people back east is what he says. Uh, don't want you to run. They want you to sit out for two years. And he, and he suggests there could be money, lots of money. He suggests that maybe she sits on a big corporate board somewhere. And, you know, I think that there's a line somewhere between is this uh, how much, when does it become a bribe and when is it just, you know, hey, you know what, there's other candidates who we think have a better chance this year and maybe you could sit it out. Those conversations happen all the time. But this conversation, now the thing is, is whatever you think of Carrie Lake or what her intentions were, she got this guy to say some very incriminating things. And whatever the setup is, you still have to believe he's going to say it, right? You still have to believe, uh, I'm going to have this guy over, and I think he's going to bribe me. I think he's going to do something illegal or something dirty in the politics. You know, this is part of the the lawlessness. What I want to know is, there's two things I want to know. Number one, I want to know, well, who are these powerful people back east? who are making these calls. And how often does the three things I want to know. The second thing is how often do these things happen? Like how many people who are not running right now are not running because somebody back East gave them a bunch of money not to run. The third thing I want to know is how do I pretend to run for something so that somebody back East gives me a bunch of money not to run, even though I don't really intend to run. See what I'm saying? Does <laughs> this normal? Is this normally what happens? Is this is this something that uh, happens all the time? It probably is. It's probably not something new. I joked earlier that uh, somebody probably offered George Washington, you know, a new set of teeth or something if he decided not to become our first president. There, there could be. There's all kinds of stuff. But see. Whatever is true here, there is something that needs to be pursued, and maybe this is business as usual, but that doesn't make it right. There is a corruption that comes with a lawlessness that we see in our our culture. We can talk about that and take your calls when we come back. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, and uh, share your thoughts. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Give me a follow right now on social media, at Pastor Scott Show. Look for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or X, and uh, the TikTok machine, at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. This is back east. They, there are very powerful people that want to keep you out. Oh, no, they do. But they're willing to put their money where their mouth is in a big way. So... This conversation never happened. This is crazy, though. They should want me. I'm a great candidate. People love me. These people are corrupt. Well, maybe you're right. So what- that is uh, United States Senate candidate Carrie Lake talking with Jeff DeWitt, who uh, was the chairman of the Republican Party in Arizona, and uh, he resigned right after this tape came out, and uh, basically offering her lots of money. If you listen to the whole thing, it's like 10 minutes. It's almost like a blank check. 
She goes, so what money are we talking about at one point? Is it 10 million, 20 million, a billion dollars? What is it? You know, and now she's record, she's making the recording, right? So she, she, she can put the right lines in there, but I would never take any such thing. But I, I bet that people do this all the time. And my question is how many people are, who are good people who are not running for office because they took the money today? What do you think? 888-528-2557. Would you take the money, Jose, Wilbert? Would you, uh, you're running for office and somebody says, hey, you know, why don't you sit it out for a couple of years and uh, here's a couple million dollars? Yeah, I'd take the money. Yeah, you would. (laughs) Well, I'd ask for like a billion. It would have to be worth ending the career, I guess. You know, right? Because if you do that, they also know that you took money. Yeah. Right? Like you've made your bones. But it's just for two years. But it's like... Yeah, but you took money. Like like yeah, forever, then, somebody knows something about you that you did that feels dirty. Yeah, but that at that point, I'm rich. Like, why does that bother me? <laughs> that might be. I, I, how many people think that way? I'll bet a lot. Like, how many people are not running for governor or senate or anything because somebody said there, – there's probably – you know, here's some money. There's probably a legitimate – time though when a party would come and say hey we appreciate that you want to run but look all of our donors are already behind this person and they're going to get the funding and if you run we're going to get real nasty with you and uh say all of that that probably happens all the time she should have she should have took the money i mean she acts like she's like the only one who could do this job well, she I mean, is the one recording it, so she her her lines are pretty much scripted. But but however it came out, she was right that he was going to offer her something. Yeah, I mean, I think people know that there's corruption that happens in the government, so it's not something new. No, it's always been there, but it's uh, when you hear the conversation, you kind of go, "Does this happen all the time?" Some people are accusing the whole thing of being fake. It sounds very fake. Actually. You know, some of the lines uh, sound a little cheesy. It's real cheesy. But how do you how do you say to somebody? You say, uh, "Hey, uh, you know, do you like, you know if you're watching, you know, the the Godfather or something?" There's always they're not just coming right out and saying, "I'm going to murder you." There's there's you know, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means I'm going to make it really. I'm going to you know cut off his horse's head and put it in the bed. Yeah. That's what that meant. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. What do you think about this? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. What's your name in Northern California? Hello, Northern California. Go ahead. Maybe. All right, we'll go back to you. Maybe we're on. Uh, maybe we're on delay. You know, Northern California is far away. People don't realize. You ever have guests come from out of state? And uh, they like come to Los Angeles and they're like, yeah, we thought maybe we could have lunch in San Francisco. No, you, you can't. You don't want to, but you also can't. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, well, what do you mean? Uh, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. We'll see if he's still there or she. It says anonymous. May, and and uh, are they there? Okay, we're going to go back and see what this person has to say. All right, go ahead. Northern California. You don't want to say your name? Sure, you can give us another name. What would your okay. what would your spy name well, be? Let's just say let's just say Sandra because you know how these things in the government are. You just don't want to make yourself a target. But um, I am listening to what you're saying, and as a believer, um, I feel that there is a ton of this stuff going on in the government, especially in the realm of like the court system, and. Um, 
from what I can discern, um, there's a lot of bribery going on. Um, I have friends that have been, I guess you could say, victims of like the court system through child protective services. And they've had, you know, people take their kids when they're not bad parents or anything of that nature. What's what's an example of that? Like somebody who's running for office or somebody who's uh, trying to make a point um, about something? No, well, I mean, I I made it more of like a micro level of the corruption, but it it does go for people that are running for office. And I feel like um, the elites are all connected silently behind the scenes. And, you know, this whole global world order, all of that is being, I guess, stopped because of Christians that are praying. And I think that's one of the reasons why Trump was, uh, you know, one of the people that God chose to kind of bring some law and order and why he came under such great attack. Um, because well, for sure, some used... of the reason that, that lots of people didn't like him uh, is because he's not part of the team, right? So they, right, there's, exactly. I know people who are just, you know, he it wasn't his turn, right? And who are you? Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of that. There, mm-hmm. And that keeps a lot of people who aren't politicians out, right? Yep. But I wonder how many are bribed out and, they, and they're not running because of that. Exactly. And I feel like they challenged him. Uh, They try to get him off of his, what they would call high horse. I think that God was just using him to fulfill a lot of God's prophetic timeline stuff. And they they were filled with envy. So then they just decided, hey, we're just going to try to like drown him and destroy his reputation. And, you know, I mean, it's sad to see this happening because if we're honest with each other, I feel like a lot of uh, presidents have done things that are despicable in the past, in their past life, but that doesn't mean that they have to be shamed. I mean, if we think about it, Trump has a son and he's seeing all of this and he's witnessing all of this. And what kind of trauma are you inflicting upon a small child simply because you don't like his father? So I just like to take it down that path as well on a moral level. Like, are we going to be Uh, somewhat altruistic and empathetic towards people um, considering their children as well. They're involved in the situation or we're just going to be heartless and try to just destroy someone and not really care um, who gets hurt. Well, I think when you were talking at the, at the beginning, when you were talking at the beginning, Mm -hmm. you, you suggested that maybe, uh, and maybe this is what you meant, but uh, Mm -hmm. that uh, you said, um, my screener said that you said the East Coast bribery is common, especially in court cases. This is something that uh, you've oh, seen. Yeah. You know, um, I have seen it and I, I'm, I'm not going to say everything that I've experienced because of, again, privacy and, and just uh, safety reasons. But there have been um, situations that I've experienced where, you know, good natured, um, well intentioned parents lose uh, you know, parental rights. I mean, people that don't even do drugs, people that don't, they're not abusive or neglectful. Yeah, we've we've definitely known of some cases here where we've seen that happen. I got to go to some other calls. I appreciate your yes. call, uh, whatever your name might be. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Deborah in San Diego, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. How Hi, are you this I'm, I'm good. Go ahead, Deborah. Yeah, so I appreciate the fact that you were talking about Carrie Lake and the bribery, um, whatnot. And if she would have taken the money, that's, you know, then she would have been a criminal because 
that's what bribery is, illegal. What I think is, like, if you you take the money, somebody knows you took the money. So even if you run for office later, you you have that in your background, right? That's the problem with bribery is that somebody might have control over you because they know you did something wrong. Correct. But I think what we're – and I appreciate you talking about – President Biden earlier in his earlier comments in 2007 and whatnot, but I feel like, except for the last caller, we're ignoring the fact that the man in the GOP front runner has already been convicted of sexually assaulting a woman. And no, his child is, is well, not a child anymore. He's an adult. Um, he was going, you know, Trump. Did we know for a fact? For sure, there's major, there's significant character issues with Donald Trump, right? So a lot of the things that Donald Trump is dealing with are his own fault, even 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 if it's politically motivated. Like there are probably lots of things he would be in no trouble for if he wasn't running for office. Nobody would care. Well, maybe not care, but there, if you or I were in similar situations and we evaded our taxes or any of the other numerous things he's done over the years you and i would be in jail you know that well yeah we well we would i don't think uh, that's one of his cases but uh, not to defend him on those things i get your point here but maybe one of the things you know something about donald trump since he's been on the scene is there's a whole lot of things that get revealed a lot of hypocrisies on all sides you know what i what i like to point out is that would whatever you say about trump or biden or whomever would you say the same thing if the parties were reversed, if it were the other party? You know, would you have the same objections to what they're going through? Um, you know, there's a consistency that we need to have, and I think a lot of times we don't. Absolutely. And The Lord shines light on, on the good and the bad. I mean, the light yeah. is the light. We yeah. need to, you know, well, uncover those things. Yeah. Deborah, I, I'm, I do appreciate... Go ahead. We're almost out of time. Go ahead real quick. I do appreciate you know, the fact that, you know, you are acknowledging the fact that he has done some pretty erroneous things and things that would probably, that if Carrie Lake would have done the same type of thing, she would be off the ballot and many other people would too. All right. Thank you for calling uh, the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, you know, the issue of lawlessness, I think what we're seeing with a lot of this stuff, right, is it's causing us to see a part of the world that we haven't seen before. And it challenges us on our own consistency. But, you know, that whatever that Carrie Lake, whatever's behind all of that, probably, you know, at the end of the day, that kind of stuff happens all the time. That's that's and probably forever, not just here, but everywhere in the world, that kind of corruption is there. This is the lawlessness. This is the spiritual side of things. And as we pray, we, you know, one way to pray for all of our leaders and our potential future leaders, Donald Trump and uh, whoever else, is to pray that whatever their past might even be, that they would do what's right for the people that they are intending to serve, that that would be something that is always done and that people would shoot down uh, these things. We need better leaders. All right, there's a lot more to talk about on this. I would encourage you to study lawlessness in the Bible and uh, what it means with respect to uh, cartels and what it means with a lot of the stuff. It's very interesting, and certainly the world we live in. All right, everybody, Pastor Scott Show at Pastor Scott Show on social. See you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.